0: Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smichael, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Everybody faces decision points in life. Sometimes the stakes are really high and can be life-altering, and other times there's less risk and less gamble. But in both cases, we've got choices, lots and lots and lots of choices. In this podcast, we're going to explore strategies for determining when to pivot, when to persist, and when to pause. Our primary objective, no matter which P we choose, is to make well-informed decisions that serve us well. Good decisions that serve us well. So think about how you make decisions. Are you thoughtful? Are you deliberate? Are you prone to run with the emotion of the moment? Are you an advice seeker? Are you focused squarely on action and problem solving? You know, we all have decision-making styles. And it's important to not only understand our styles, but to consider alternative ways to deal with dilemmas. You know, as we get ready to decide which path to choose. It's important that we determine whether we're making head-based decisions or heart-based decisions. Both are okay. Both are fine. We just have to be aware of which we're leaning into and why. I got a friend and she struggles with always loaning money to her family. There's constantly a crisis with someone, some relative. And since she has more resources than many of her relatives, she feels duty-bound to keep the bank open. It's something that frustrates her deep inside, but she makes the heart-based decision to persist, not blindly. She's weighed this choice, and she's come to the conclusion that she's blessed, and they're doing the very best that they can with what they have. In her heart, she knows none of the borrowers are users. They always pay her back, although they don't add any interest and it takes a long time. But she's decided she's willing to accept those arrangements and those terms. And she's also decided that she's not willing to put herself in any financial hard straits just to meet their needs. She used to do that, but she doesn't do that anymore. She's made an informed, deliberate decision to make heart-based decisions to persist. Now, some of you may not agree with that decision, just like people don't agree with all your decisions, and that's okay. It's your life, and you get to be the shot caller. What are some of the other determinations that are helpful when we're deciding whether to pivot, persist, or pause? The long game. I mean, the future. How might this decision impact you in the future? Is it in alignment with your goals for next year, for three years, for five years, for 10 years, for 20 years? Making decisions in the moments is sometimes necessary. Of course, it's sometimes necessary, but it's also important to pause and think about our personal end games. It's just not wise to make decisions with only the present in mind. People who are prone to haste or being overly emotional fall into this trap. However, if you're gonna make it, a decision, if you got to make a quick one, make it in congruence with your long game. And that means you have to have a long game. You have to have given serious consideration to the future, consideration to your desired future. Now, that might be the future of your family, the future of your career, the future of your service in an organization. Whatever it is, be cognizant of it. Long-term thinking lets us reflect on potential sacrifices and whether those sacrifices will get us closer to our goals. Are those sacrifices really worth it? I'll tell you this. I lean towards tackling things head-on. But sometimes if I can force myself to simmer down, what I realize is that I don't really have to decide in that moment and that my decision in that moment may not be thoughtful enough i may not be considering the sacrifices i may not be considering my long game and if i pause the world is not going to come to an end the the decision will still be there but i'm naturally a take charge person a fixer and that i'll tell you it has led me to and can lead me to haste and sometimes regret i know that i can sometimes derail myself because I forget the long game. When we're making decisions about pivoting, persisting, or pausing, it's important to think about others and the impact on others. Well, now I'm going to say it's somewhat important. Yeah, somewhat important. My friend Nels is an executive in a pretty dysfunctional financial services organization out on the West Coast. Now, she's done very well financially. She's been promoted several times, but she's really sick of the organizational politics and how the systems are just misaligned and how there's just a lot of hypocrisy um, between what the organization says and what it actually does. She doesn't feel real supported, and she's just overall tired of the situation. Well, that's what she says. She was invited to interview for a position with one of their competitors. She liked the people. She liked the environment. The job felt like a good fit. And the compensation was about 20% more than what she was making. And that's before bonuses. And the bonuses were going to be hefty. They made her an offer. And she reflected on it and decided not to take the job. And I'm going to tell you the reason. She didn't take it, but she didn't, because she didn't want to let her team down and leave them. She told me that she insulated them from the chaos in the organization and she didn't know who'd do it if she were gone. See, when I say consider the impact on others, I am not talking about being ridiculous. I'm talking about weighing your decision and what it'll mean to you and your true inner circle. Nell's got a martyr complex. She turned down the opportunity and then she regretted it. I mean, she deeply regretted it. So her decision to persist instead of pivot is one that she wishes she hadn't made. Here's the reality of life. If you drop dead tomorrow, life will go on. Your team will be fine. They'll cry a few tears, some of them, and then they're going to move on. Your company, your organization, they're going to have a short moment of silence or even a little memorial service for you. And then what will they do? They will move on. Sounds cold, sounds heartless, but it's true. Don't be a martyr and miss an opportunity. Don't be delusional and have an overinflated sense of yourself. Life can and will go on without you. It's okay to pursue other paths. It's up to you to make decisions that position you well for the life you're seeking. Be sure that you don't use considering the impact on others as an excuse not to make bold moves, not to take risks. We can't allow the influence of others to be too strong or too prevalent in our lives. When you start to feel the pull to please others, just stop. Take stock of what you need, what you need to do to be true to yourself. Are you putting someone else's needs, desires, and interests above your own? And if you are, why are you doing that? What are you getting from that behavior? What would happen if you focused on you? What would happen if you focused on your needs? Look, there's a place for consideration of other people, but they should be the right people, the inner circle people. And even those people cannot take control of your decision to pivot, persist, or pause. I want to pivot a little bit here and talk about failure. Failure. It's real. It happens to everyone. And if we're smart, we get lessons and tools for moving forward. Our decisions are never going to be perfect. We all function with imperfect knowledge No matter how much we research, we weigh, and we consider, it is impossible to have all of the facts. And failure is always an option. You know, we can unwittingly persist in situations that aren't serving us well if we fear failure or if we fear the unknown. And since we know failure is a real possibility, let's talk about how we can handle it and make it work for us. I'm a big believer that you have to let yourself. Feel whatever you feel when you fall down. Experience whatever emotions bubble up in you. Don't deny them and don't push them down because they're going to surface sooner or later. Acknowledge whatever you're feeling. The disappointment, the sorrow, the embarrassment, the hurt, the fear, whatever it is. Feel it so you can process it and move from it. Next thing when we're talking about failure and dealing with failure is what I call the mindset check. Do you have a growth mindset? People with growth mindsets can look at failure or a decision that turned out poorly and learn from the experience. They can make failures constructive experiences. They don't put a lot of energy into blaming others. They take full responsibility for their part in whatever the failure happened to be. And here's the thing, they also make a commitment not to make the same mistake or create the same failure over and over. In other words, they learn their lessons and they're not stuck on repeat. When you make the decision not to act because you fear failure, ask yourself if you could survive the disappointment. Could you survive the failure? And then ask yourself, well, what will happen if I don't fail, if I actually succeed? When I stop and think about my failures, I think a lot about my sister and my best friend. They always help me get a grip. They help me get perspective on the situation and move forward with the next plan. I've got this sign in my office that says, when you stumble, make it part of the dance. A few failed decisions make your dance more interesting. As you're thinking about how you make informed decisions to pivot, persist, or pause. It's important to figure out who and what can inspire you and bolster you no matter what decision you make. Do you have cheerleaders? Do you have a personal board of directors? Do you have mentors? Do you have coaches? Make use of the inspiration and the encouragement that they provide. And this is so important if you're considering something that's a big risk. A few um. A few additional things we got to remember about the decision to pivot for Sister pause. The first is that there are times in our lives when we are weary, when we are tired, when we are exhausted. A guy named Rick Box, B-O-X-X, has a podcast, and in one episode, he talks about something called decision fatigue, decision fatigue. It happens when we're in seasons of life when one decision follows another and another and another and another. And they can all be important, potentially life-changing, really weighting decisions. I mean, really weighty decisions. So this decision fatigue is not just limited to seasons of life. It can happen on any given day. The point is that when we're in a state of decision fatigue, our decisions are typically not as effective and they don't necessarily serve us well. So how do we avoid it? We avoid it by taking the time to think, to think things through. I talked about this a little earlier when I talked about my own tendency towards action and perhaps a little haste. I think that decision fatigue is compounded by the distractive, distractedness. Let me get that straight. Distractedness that we all live with. Technology follows us everywhere everywhere. In church, we've got our Bibles on our tablets, and while we're reading the scripture, we're checking our emails and responding to texts. Our phones are set up to ding and notify us when somebody's trying to reach us. I don't, I don't want to get into a long litany of these distractions because you know what I mean. The bottom line is that being in a state of constant distraction robs us of our ability to engage in deep thought. It robs us of our ability to be truly mindful and to act purposefully. I already talked about fear, and I don't want to revisit that. But I do want to talk about a limited scope. Having a limited scope impacts the quality of our decision-making. If you can only imagine one or two possibilities, you've narrowed the options too much. you got to learn to think expansively when deciding on a course of action. Brainstorm any action, every option, even the things that you think are unattainable and absolutely undoable. Allow yourself to have a broad mind, an open mind. When you're deciding to pivot, persist, or pause, make a list, an exhaustive list of the options, opportunities, and consequences of each course of action. Use this brainstorming to help you not only generate alternatives, but to practice, to practice a really deliberate and deliberative approach to decision making, that's the kind of approach that unleashes the creative solutions that are buried deep inside of you. I want to cover one more thing, and that's communicating your decision. I don't believe that it's necessary to tell everyone our intentions. Now, interestingly enough, uh, on my way to the studio this morning, I heard a sermon by Robert Madu, and he said the exact opposite. He says, you need to scream it from the rooftops. I don't agree. I think it's important to tell key stakeholders in our lives But it's not necessary that everyone in our circle know what we've decided to do. And that's because naysayers can crop up and they can contaminate our thinking. Other people can cause fear and they can cause doubt and they can make us more resistant. I want to give you an example. My friend, uh, C.D., decided to have back surgery. Oh, my goodness, he'd been suffering with leg fatigue, discomfort, and pain for more than a year. And his life, had it was changed and has been changed greatly because of the back condition. This last year has been so depressing and so stressful for him. He tried physical therapy, yoga, acupuncture, nutrition, massage therapy. All those modalities, they helped him some, but they didn't correct the problem enough to really improve his quality of life. And he struggled with the idea of having surgery. He did not want it. He was adamantly opposed to the idea. He'd never had any sicknesses in his life. So the idea of surgery was really daunting. He finally, finally, finally made the very difficult decision to have the surgery. But he made the mistake of telling his friend Spencer. Spencer is not a doctor, has absolutely no no medical knowledge, and he discouraged C.D. You know, I have to tell you, Spencer's a pipe fitter. He doesn't have a smidgen of medical knowledge. But he said, listen, man, my doctor told me that surgery you're having is a 50-50 chance. It may work, it may not. That is not the message that CD needed. Fortunately, he has other friends and family who are so encouraging, and they're bolstering him, and they're telling him, how well he's going to do with the surgery and how much it's going to positively impact his life. So he's getting a lot of great support from others, and that replaced the Spencer comment. And that's what he needs, people who uplift. That's why it's important to be judicious about who we share our intentions with and our decisions. I want to wrap this up, and I want to close with just a couple of thoughts. The first one is trust Your innate ability to decide when it's best to pivot, persist, or pause. Think about how you make decisions and whether that approach is serving you well. That's the second point I want to make. I want you to listen to this podcast again to get ideas for exploring your decision making approaches. Remember, you are not making decisions to please the crowd, you're deciding to pivot, persist, or pause based on your core values, your goals, and your desires for your one and only precious, precious life. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.